I'm Matt Dixon, and welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. The mission of Purple Patch is to empower and educate every human being to reach their athletic potential. Through the lens of athletic potential, you reach your human potential. The purpose of this podcast is to help time-starved people everywhere integrate sport into life. From the ground up, that's how we want to build your performance. And this is the time of the year that we set all of the strategies so that you can hone your best strategy to elicit personal performance, whether it's trying to finish an Ironman, qualify to the Boston Marathon, or simply get better at chasing the kids around the house. And one of the tools we leverage is Inside Tracker. We use this so that we can gain insights from your own biometrics, couple it with the expert advice from the team of experts inside Tracker, and set a roadmap and pathway for you to focus precisely on the elements that are going to improve your platform of health. All you have to do is head to insidetracker.com slash purplepatch and use this special code, purplepatchpro20. That's purplepatchpro20. And guess what? You get 20% off everything at the store. And with that, let's get strategic on our performance roadmap. I hope you enjoy the show. And welcome to the Purple Patch Podcast. As ever, your host, Matt Dixon. Let me tell you this. Everything you know about off-season is dead. That's a bold statement, but I got your attention, didn't I? You see, today is an important one because by the end of this show, my mission is to evolve your whole approach on thinking and how to approach training over any given year. And if successful, I might just provide one of the biggest positive impacts that you can have in your health, work and life performance readiness. Oh, and I'm also going to ensure that next season you're going to have your best sporting year ever. Sounds a little bit like a gimmick, doesn't it? But it isn't. I believe that what action you take over the coming months ahead as we launch into the winter months in the Northern Hemisphere, those actions are going to provide the strongest predictor for your success of year of performance ahead. Today, we're going to dig into what most athletes label as off-season, and I'm going to make a case for a radical shift in your approach. Can you really have the best of all worlds? By the end of today, I hope that you realize that you actually can. Over the course of today's show, we're going to define a broken system of approach to athletics, particularly for the time-starved athletes. And instead, we're going to paint a picture for a better way, one in which you can have your cake and eat it. You can rejuvenate, refresh, spend more time with your family and friends and on the projects that you have at work, but at the same time, set yourself up for longer-term success. So you can see this is a pretty important one. And it's also one that's close to my heart, because I think if we can be successful in helping you in this, it's going to make your life easier to have radically improved results next year. And so therefore, as a coach, I'm excited. But first, why don't we do something? I want to tell you a little story. Barry, take out the ukulele. It is time for Word of the Week. We like the way he thinks, serious with a wink. Let's open the book, it's time to take a peek. It's the Dictionary Word of the Week. Yes, folks, Word of the Week. And this week, well, it's a bit of a phrase, really. We're going to label it Recycled Chris. 
Poor Chris, I'm going to bully him. Yes, he's a good mate of mine, but I'm going to tell you a story about Chris. Now, Chris is a fabulous guy. He lives on the East Coast. He is anchored in financial services. He's highly committed to his family. And on top of it all, it won't surprise you, he is very ambitious in sport. Now, for the first five years that I knew Chris, he approached his sport and his relationship to me, his coach, in the same way. He would arrive every year at a certain point in the year, all in. He's absolutely desperate to qualify for the Hawaii Ironman. And he would choose his race. Typically, it would be somewhere in the fall, Ironman Florida, Ironman Arizona. In about June, I would get the phone call. Matt, I'm ready. And every time at this part of the year, he was fit, but generally detrained as a triathlete. And now, 20, 24 weeks out, he said, can you coach me? This year is going to be the year. And I love the guy, so of course I took him on. He dove into training, and he aimed to clear the decks of work. And after all, the clock was ticking. It was time to get cracking. Iron Man loomed. Life was busy, but training was always completed. Big weeks, and of course, huge elevated sessions, and then other weeks where things just got in the way. And consistently through this 20-week period, Chris was just playing spinning plates on poles. He was juggling life, family, and it was a huge managing act. In fact, keeping him healthy through this was a challenge, both from a muscular standpoint, but also from a systemic standpoint. Finally, we would arrive at the race. And in context, arrive pretty good, I would say, but never quite good enough to qualify. Always partially satisfied. Chris would, despite me begging every single of the year, take a break. It was time to refocus on family, get back to work. He would always say, I just simply can't keep this going year round. And I got it. I understood why he felt like that, but I just couldn't get through to him on the baseline reasons for it. And finally, after five years of this repeated mistake, and after a very tough experience at the race, my words finally sunk in. I got a commitment, and he stayed with me through the winter months. Now, albeit at a much lower level of commitment and total training hours, but what he did was retain structure. Now, that following year, Ironman Florida was the race. And in that prep, he didn't feel like he had this huge, huge race build. He just kept rolling and incrementally build up. And as we got towards the weeks, he did some longer rides, some longer runs. He started to have a shift of emphasis towards being race-specific readiness. But as we approached the weeks and the race, he said, this feels different than years before. And I'm fit, but where are my massive weeks? Where are the big, big rides? Do you remember all that training that he did for the past five years that was ultimately unsustainable? And so he had the question, am I really ready for this? Can I actually go and do an Ironman off of this training? Well, that year in Ironman Florida, he knocked 75 minutes. That's an hour and a quarter for you guys in old money off of his prior Ironman experience. And you know what happened? He qualified. Yes, the hallowed Hawaii Ironman. Chris qualified. Well, this year, as we fast forward a little bit, he is getting ready for his fifth world championships. And he hasn't broken stride. 
He's done two Hawaii Ironman races, three Ironman 70.3. That's the half Ironman World Championships. And he has successfully integrated it all into life. And I would say that Chris is a marquee example of what we're digging into today. Sustainability, consistency, and performance predictability. And that is why Recycled Chris, coming back and refreshed, is our Word of the Week. And so we're going to unpack his story, but ultimately we're going to make it applicable to you, no matter what your level or goals are. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with that Word of the Week done, I can now say, Barry, it is time for the meat and potatoes. Yes, folks, it's the meat and potatoes, my mission today to flip many listeners, maybe your mindset around a typical approach to training. You're going to hear a lot today about integrated training, building consistency, creating sustainability. But before we dive into the nuts and bolts around training, what I want us to do first is actually align on the role that any goal-driven training program should have in your life. This is important, and I'm sure that you've heard me talk about this before. Believe it or not, a training plan doesn't just exist in your life to prepare you for a race or help you improve your fitness or results in sport. If designed and managed well, I believe that a commitment to sport and training can be the very organizational framework that help you thrive across board life. When all things are aligned, an ongoing commitment to training is going to improve your health profile. Now, the benefits of that extend well beyond just your physical well-being. Because if you become more functionally healthy, you then have a proven ability to heighten energy management, your ability to focus throughout the day, improve clarity and the ability to make decisions, and a litany of positive impacts of factors that contribute to performance in the workplace. But more than this, that daily commitment of training is going to force you into organization. It's going to create a structure of your daily schedule. And when you execute that well, it's not just another thing that you have to add to life. Instead, it becomes the framework to help you organize life. And that is control. And that's empowering. The truth of that is that when you remove that from your life and you decide to go random and don't have any training structure, what we consistently see is so many of the associated positive habits and organizational effectiveness that comes from that declines. You end up eroding as an effective machine. So not only do you detrain, but you also get more scattered and random across life. You start to lose control. And so as we talk today, I'm talking through two sides of my mouth in many ways. I'm talking about the journey for you to improve your performance across sport, but also an important tool and framework to help you become a more effective human being. And that's important. I want you to keep that in mind as we discuss this. So as we go through, my mission is to help you improve across all of those areas. This is the mission. This is the important thing. In fact, it's the promise. It's a performance promise from me to you. And so why don't we dig in? Let's first talk about a broken system. If I had a magic wand, something where it elicited the power for me to change one thing in amateur triathlon training, 
it would be so many coaches and athletes' perception around the critical performance of that magical 12 to 16-week plan that we all build to prepare for events and races. I'm sure you see it in magazines or online, the 16-week marathon plan, 20 weeks to your best Ironman, a couch to 5K over the course of the next 10 weeks. The whole list goes on. These three to four month programs hold a firm grip in many athletes' minds. And you are sold on the premise that your success in any one of your races that you choose to do is absolutely dependent on the successful completion of every single workout in this magical program. So therefore, athletes desperately try and ram that program into the chaos of life. No matter what your fluctuating schedules and life commitments are, this is the magic plan. And it forces you to adhere to a rigid structure of weeks and weeks and weeks of progressively harder training. Now, these race builds, as we like to call them, they're often wrapped up in sciencey sounding labels like it's periodization. This is structured and progressive training to deliver you to your goal. And they often seldom create any flex or consideration of the logistics and the stresses that you have in your factors from life and family and, of course, work. They look great on paper and they do offer you a blueprint to follow. I'm sure that you've opened up a magazine or looked online and seen the waving charts of this blueprint. Wow, it's impressive. Now I've got direction. It's almost having a compass that you can follow in the dark of night. The problem is there are several challenges of this really rigid approach. The first is a dirty truth, but I'm here to tell you the truth. And that's that performance readiness takes more than 12, 14, 16, 20 weeks. You can get very, very fit in that time. It doesn't take many weeks to actually really improve your fitness profile. But true race performance readiness requires a longer duration. It really does. It takes a longer duration to truly get ready. Now, with that, You don't need to be year-round in your obsession. It doesn't need to feel like a monkey on the back, but you equally cannot expect greatness and ongoing personal development if you're only focused for a short period of time. What do they say? Every great overnight success is 10 years in the making. Well, there's some substance to that comment. And so the first key ingredient is you need to have a long-term lens if you are going to ultimately not just improve and be ready for a single event, but you are going to prevent performance plateaus, which is the frustration of so many athletes. A second big challenge of this approach is that actually by taking a more short-term, let's label it race-build lens on components, it naturally creates almost a vice-like pressure on you, the athlete. In life, particularly in a time-starved life, You are always going to be in one of three main states as it relates to your physical training. The first is undertrained, or perhaps random training, we might label it. And of course, that's not effective. You can expect low progression, low results, and very few of the organizational benefits that I outlined before. So we don't like athletes to spend too long of a phase in a random or untrained state. On the flip side, you could fall into an overtrained state. 
Now, I don't mean that so far as overtraining syndrome in which you might actually decline physically. But what I mean by that is trying to adhere to a training program that doesn't integrate into life. The competition between all of the non-negotiable commitments that you have in work and life and when you're adding on training creates an unsustainable environment. And these race-build approaches, this vice-like focus that occurs over 12, 16, 18 weeks, it tends to lead athletes into this more unsustainable or overtraining-type syndrome relative to the context of your life. In the middle is integration. And that's where you find a performance recipe where there is harmony, albeit hard work and integrated, but harmony between all of your life commitments and your training. And it is in that place that we find great performance. Now, a national race build is going to create really big blocks of the two states that we don't like athletes to be in. Random unstructured training, where you can't create long-term progression and you're not eliciting enough training to actually develop actual adaptations and improvement, or of course, shorter bouts of two, three, four months of obsessive overtraining relative to the context of life. And so it's no wonder that when you commit to training for an event and you fall into that obsessive race build modality, it's going to ensure that the sport itself, the training, feels unsustainable. So when we think about success, we need to take that long-term lens because we know that performance progression takes a longer time. We also seek sustainability. We want to keep you on a year-round basis in a place of integration. And that's where real, real goodness starts to occur. A third challenge of this short-term approach is that race builds are actually great causes of a big accumulation of fatigue. When an athlete commences a race build, it actually creates an X in the calendar. It denotes that training has begun in earnest. And of course, the emotional response that you are going to have for that is great. Here it comes. My success now is going to be all about checking the box of every single session. After all, the plan's got to be important. I need to get ready for my race. And so as you go through, you are managing or aiming to adhere to a race build where every single session is critical. But the truth is, your non-negotiable life and work commitments don't suddenly dissolve. You still have to adhere to them. And so as you accumulate week after week after week of this grand program, the likelihood is that you are going to start to get improved fitness. But on top of that, the typical response is that program and the adherence to that program starts to create a physiological and emotional drag. You're getting systemically and mentally tired. And that's why we see so many athletes arrive to race day and feel like, goodness me, I'm really fit, but I'm also fatigued. When this is over, I just need to return to life. Now, so many athletes don't even realize this is occurring because it's an accumulative effect. And so when they end up having a poor race performance, the natural reaction is, next time I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it better. My poor run was down to a lack of fitness. I need to double down on this next time. They never realize that it's actually an accumulation of too much stress from trying to adhere from that short-term approach to racing. 
Now, the final component that we tend to see with this more short-term approach is anchored in confidence. Because once you start a program like this and that X in the calendar that we talked about, every single session carries weight. It is important. It is on your blueprint to get you ready. And when you put such elevated focus on priority on that magic program, that race build to deliver your race performance, every individual session becomes grossly ramped up in a pass-fail mentality. In fact, the tendency is to actually start to work harder on the easy sessions and treat each session as validation of whether you are ready to take on the challenge or not. Any skip session due to poor night's sleep or a commitment with work or family ends up becoming an erosion of your confidence. I missed, I missed, I missed. And it's a building case against your readiness. And so, so many athletes end up looking at a program and their magic build over 16 weeks and thinks, crikey, I only hit 75% of this. Maybe I'm only 75% ready. There is a better way to get race ready. And so what we want to do today is explore. If right now, before we dive into the better way, let's acknowledge where you might be right now at the time of this show. If you are near the end of your season, or maybe you've just finished your last event, I wouldn't be surprised if right now you're sitting there and thinking, this all sounds great. And you talk about sustainability and consistency, but I'm just ready for a break. We hear it all the time. Look, Matt, I'm happy, but I need a break. I need to take a step back. I need to focus on family. I need to get back to the workplace. I need to take a break from training. And listen, I get it. In many ways, you're right. It is important that we give ourselves freedom. It is critical that we step away from a obsession in sport and we try and emphasize our focus onto our family, friends, doing other things in our life. And so we don't need to have this year-round obsession on heavy training load. But at the same time, there is seldom, seldom a time where a complete removal of structure is your best option. Because when you remove structure and focus, you lose all organizational framework. And you're also going to miss an opportunity of preparation. And that critical preparation is often the catalyst, the number one performance predictor for you having a wonderful season next year. And so how can you do two things? Give yourself space mentally and physically so that you can restore and place focus in the other parts of your life. At the same time, remain the, with the structure so that you can be an effective human being and set up a great season next year. That's what we need to do. And so if right now, as we talk about this, you are desperate for a mental break, it's more of a signal that we need to revisit how you evolve your global training program than it is a necessity for you to remove all structure. What that means is you're going to have to be brave and stick with me a little bit. These coming months are critical for us to get right. And so for part two, let's shift our lens. Let's investigate some of the key supporting ingredients to help you, the time-starved athlete. The most successful path for a time-starved athlete is to find a global recipe that integrates into the long term. And there are two aspects of this. That's 
how we actually shift our approach to training when we're getting ready for a race. And then at the same time, our subject mostly of today is how to integrate a break and a space, both mentally and physically, to restore without losing track of that performance journey. Now, it's important to realize that great racing performance within the context of life doesn't actually require bullseye accuracy for the vast majority of age group athletes. There is a reason that elite athletes tend to live a monastic experience, reducing life stresses as much as possible. But that's not our game. That's not what we are playing. What we're looking to do is to find a smart and structured program that can enable global performance readiness, free your mind, and enable you to more easily ramp to races. And so the core components of this, almost the legs of your performance stall, is number one, a realization that consistency is the magic word. We have to set up a structure in which you can be consistent. And with that is an appreciation that your performance journey never ends. It's ongoing, it's cyclical. But in order for that to happen, it must fit with life. It can't feel like a part-time job. So while there's no need to be obsessively training with absolute pinpoint focus, we must ensure and acknowledge that most of your success is going to come from retaining structure. In addition to that, we need to set up a system in which your program overall is dynamic. In other words, any training program that you follow must be really flexible and it must be able to flow relative to what's going on in your life. So sometimes when life gets really busy, your training focus is going to constrict a little bit. When life ebbs a little bit, you have the capacity to focus more. And that's the same with retaining structure through what we might call off-season. That's why I say, as you know it, off-season is dead. As long as your training is consistent and it's structured in a progressive sense, where you can have a little bit of a dynamic mindset, it becomes easier. The focus of all of this and the third part of your success is that by following training, once we get your quote recipe right, it should develop a platform of health. That's why we always talk about consistency and sustainability. All training programs must include the supporting elements of functional strength, really positive habits around sleep and nutrition, because that becomes the component to facilitate a thriving athlete, both in terms of getting the catalyst and rewards from structured training and, of course, reducing injury risk and gaining adaptations from the hard work. And so as you build to that over the course of the long term, the ability or need for you to dial up training to ramp into a race is really simple and actually can be shorter. And it doesn't need to be as much of a seismic component to your training life because you're sustainably holding in a pretty good race-ready level for vast longer periods of the whole year. And so that takes a body of the year where you are much closer to performance readiness and then have a shorter ramp to get yourself ready. Now, this is anchored in something for you to put in the memory bank as we're going to cast into next year. For almost, not all, but for almost all the year, when you're following effective training, you're going to be spending a long block of that time close to race ready. 
not race ready, but close to race ready, just primed to turn it up when the big races come. And that's really different than an Olympic cycle of an athlete where they're going through a four-year journey to get ready for this pinnacle event. And that becomes important for you because you're a time-starved athlete. What we're really looking to do is to remove some of the huge peaks and deep valleys from your training structure. Instead, we're simply looking for sustainability. So what does that mean right now? As so many athletes start to edge towards or find themselves in what we would classically call off-season. Well, this is not the time to turn your back on the sport. This is not the opportunity to run to the hills and go random on me. Instead, this is the start. And that's the important thing. This is your X in the calendar. But that doesn't mean the sport needs to be a monk in your back. It starts right now with the focus on creating a long-term consistent plan that synchronizes with a healthy dose of pragmatism. Each phase of training that you're going to do starting now is going to build on top of each other. And it's all going to fit within the context of your life commitments. And we're going to gradually progress so that we can deliver race readiness at the time of the year when your key race is up. Now, you cannot yield an optimal return on effort if you decide to take a big, long gap of unstructured training. We need to ensure that you retain commitment. But the good news is this isn't nearly as daunting as you might imagine. Many athletes think of structured training as being a component or phase of the year that requires high commitment. It's going to be dominating life. And therefore, of course, naturally, it's unsustainable. But that's not true. By shifting your lens, we can actually integrate over many, many months. And so let's dive into refamped off-season or we like to call this a phase of preparation, the preparatory phase of training. Over the coming months, this phase of training through to the end of the year and early next year for most athletes, this is the block of work, the months in which it delivers the lowest physical stress. It also allows the highest degree of flexibility an opportunity for you to integrate other activities and sports. Well, that's good news straight away, isn't it? You've got greater flexibility and you don't need to train near as many hours and it's not going to be as hard. That's great news. You don't need to be anywhere near as committed to your highest level of training. In fact, if you tend to have eight or 10 or 12 hours a week to give, you shouldn't be bumping against that capacity level. You want to give yourself space to put your energy towards work and family. You want to do other stuff. And in fact, this whole block of phase, the reason we call it preparatory is because it's not anchored in driving for core fitness gains. So what is the value here? What are we trying to achieve? You're not trying to drive core fitness. You're telling me that I don't have to be wholly committed? Absolutely not. Because this is an opportunity for you. Over the coming months, this is the only part of your training year where you have an opportunity to truly focus on improving your technique, 
on your posture on how you ride your bicycle, how you run, how you swim, whatever your sport and your endeavor is. And you also, when the pressure is low to drive core fitness gains, you have the opportunity to very, very patiently develop cardiovascular conditioning, so a nice baseline of fitness level, and muscular resilience, improving the integrity of your tendons, ligaments, and muscles, so that you develop a really robust platform or chassis of resilience. And this is why we label it as preparatory. It is patient, it delivers low emotional load, but what it ends up delivering is you in a place when you are ready to turn the training focus up a little bit as having a platform of resilience. It's going to set you up to get optimal yield from the upcoming hard work. And so if you want to reduce the risk of injury, if you want to set up a chance to absolutely optimize the return on the training that you know you are going to do to get ready for events this year, this is a must. And you can imagine how this type of training, pretty low stress, tissue resilience, technique focused, it's very, very hard to integrate that type of low stress training into a race build. It's never going to happen. And so this system is a key. In fact, this system allows plenty of space for mental rejuvenation. It facilitates some seasonal recovery. It delivers a feeling for you that you get a break from the rigors of training, but with none of the regression or risk of going random and rogue. You're not going from a sabbatical on structure. You're still retaining specificity. It's just not very hard to do it. So there is a reason that our athletes, when they fall into this system, stay emotionally fresh throughout the year, have a much lower instance of injury, and are also equipped to race really, really well for greater performance predictability all within a time-starved life. So the truth is, if you want to excel without the feeling that your training is burdensome, a chore, a second job, then you must commit to year round. The key is to commit the right way. There is a better way, and it takes a little bit of bravery, a little bit of commitment, and you need to build in the absolute focus of right now as we hold hands, your number one predictor, and I'm going to say this, your number one predictor of what your next year's season's race performance is going to be like begins right now. This is your opportunity to change. And if you do a reimagined off-season, you are going to have a framework of structure to keep life organized. You're going to retain really positive habits that are going to amplify your health. You're going to feel better throughout the day. But on top of that, you're going to develop a baseline structure that when you turn it back on, the volume doesn't need to go to 10. It doesn't need to be heavy metal for you to deliver a great concert. It's no wonder that we say at Purple Patch, embrace the journey. This is what we're talking about. We'll see you next time. Guys, thanks so much for joining and thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the new format. You can never miss an episode 
by simply subscribing. Head to the Purple Patch channel of YouTube and you will find it there and you could subscribe. Of course, I'd like to ask you if you will subscribe, also share it with your friends and it's really helpful if you leave a nice positive review in the comments. Now, any questions that you have, let me know. Feel free to add a comment and I will try my best to respond and support you on your performance journey. And in fact, as we commence this video podcast experience, if you have any feedback at all, as mentioned earlier in the show, we would love your help in helping us to improve. Simply email us at info at purplepatchfitness.com or leave it in the comments of the show at the Purple Patch page and we will get you dialed in. We'd love constructive feedback. We are in a growth mindset, as we like to call it. And so feel free to share with your friends. But as I said, let's build this together. Let's make it something special. It's really fun. We're really trying hard to make it a special experience. And we want to welcome you into the Purple Patch community. With that, I hope you have a great week. Stay healthy. Have fun. Keep smiling, doing whatever you do. Take care.